Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Today's sermon text is from Luke 5, 1 through 11. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to Luke in your Bible. Once while Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were there, or for he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Thank you, Sam. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Well, we've gone a little bit farther in um, Luke's gospel, and we're in chapter 5. And uh, I love how this this chapter starts. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret. Um, Now, uh, it sounds like he's just like out for a stroll that day, but uh, it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, He's there intentionally, my guess is, and and a large crowd has gathered to him. Now, uh, the Lake of Gennesaret is really the Sea of Galilee. It's just those folks in that area would have called it that. So Sea of Galilee features prominently in, uh, in the Gospels at several different times. Well, he's at, the, he's at the lake, and he's not there to enjoy a day on the shore or to go swimming or water skiing or whatever it is they, they might have done in those days, but he's there uh, to continue his mission of uh, proclaiming the good news in the world. And uh, we've, we've visited along with Jesus a little bit as he's done this, and he's done some pretty remarkable things, right? He has, uh, he's cast out a demon, uh, and this demon-possessed man was, was free. He's healed Simon's mother-in-law, um, which set off a whole other kind of healing session where he's there all night uh, healing people and casting out demons. Uh, well, in, in a world like his at the time, Word traveled fast. I mean, they didn't have the cell phones or uh, internet or anything like that, but, but word still got around, especially if something good was happening. And so uh, a large crowd ends up drawing uh, uh, to him. And so you've been in crowded situations, right? And, and you must know what this is like. Now, maybe you aren't the one that everybody is trying to, to gather towards unless you are like with a bunch of kids and you have ice cream. Uh, or candy or something like that. Uh, imagine opening your door on Halloween night and you, know, you have a big bowl of candy and there's 17 third graders or, or whatever. You know. um, 
That's kind of what Jesus is feeling. He's, he's at the edge of this lake, and the crowd has grown large, and um, they are moving towards him so that they can hear what he's going to say. Uh, so they can hear the words of God, actually. They don't really know necessarily that that's what they're about to hear, but that's, they know that something special and significant is happening, and they are drawing close but Jesus is running out of room. And, and I kind of imagine the scene in my mind as he's kind of backpedaling towards the lake. And all of a sudden he realizes that his feet are wet and he's got no more room. But the crowd continues to advance towards them. So he looks around and we, we pick it up. Uh, the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake and the fishermen had got out of them and were washing their nets. And Jesus, he looks at him now, uh, he looks at the one boat and he hops in it. And it happens to be uh, owned by Simon. Now this is the same Simon that we just heard about last week whose mother-in-law was sick. They're in the same area. He's a fisherman and he had spent all night out on the lake fishing. And they had come in and parked their boats and begun to clean and repair their nets uh, for the next night's, uh, for the next night's uh, fishing expedition what they did. Um, and so he, he tells them to, to push out to the shore so that he can get out a little bit away from the, the crowd and so that everybody might be able to hear him and might have a little bit of a buffer. Um, and so Simon is obedient and uh, he goes out and Jesus preaches and he finishes up preaching. And when he's done, he tells Simon, hey, uh, I know you haven't caught anything, but I want you to go out a little bit deeper and throw your net over the board and, and, and catch them. And uh, here's, here's Simon's response. Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say, if you say so, I will let down the nets. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I try to give um, people who are doing their own job like, that's not my job, the benefit of the doubt of knowing what they're doing, right? So I'm not going to tell Levi how to do whatever Levi does at equipment share, right? Do you know what you do? <laughs> right? Uh, what, what, I'm, I'm not going to tell my doctor, uh, you know, the one that, that cut me up. I'm not going to tell my doctor that, yes, I can go ahead and start using this arm to its fullest potential because I know better. Because in reality, I don't, you know. The doctor's gone to many years of school, and, and she has my best interest in mind. But here Jesus is, not a fisherman. And he goes up to Peter, and he says, Okay, go and throw your net over the side, and you're going to catch some fish. Now, it, it's interesting here. Part of the reason why Peter would have been a little hesitant is because, uh, because of how they went about fishing. They had nets that were made of linen and kind of large, and if you fished at day, in the daytime, the fish would see your nets, uh, at least is what they tell me, I'm not a fisherman, and swim away. And so you wouldn't catch anything. So you fished at night so the fish couldn't see your net and you'd get uh, a better catch. And so Peter's thinking in his mind, well, uh, we didn't catch anything at night when they couldn't see our nets. How in the world are we going to catch anything now that they can see our nets? Um, I, I, I wonder... It, I wonder if Peter might have been tempted to say, say to Jesus, but it just doesn't work that way. This is not how this is done. Uh, it, you, just don't, you just don't know 
Jesus, you, you healed my mom-in-law, but that's good, but stay, you know, stay in your lane. Uh, but he doesn't say that, right? Um, he says, but if you say so, I will let down the nets. I, uh, I, this got me thinking a lot, actually. And I've had a lot of conversations with folks over the years. And uh, a couple months ago, I was, at, I was at somewhere here in town talking to someone, and we were having a conversation about like uh, loving those who hurt you um, and forgiveness and not retaliating for the wrongs that, that people have done to you. And, and this other guy's a Christian, he is, and we had this good conversation, but at the end of it, he was like, yeah, I just, but I just don't think that works. And I wonder, I wonder if a lot of times, if, if Jesus comes up to us as we're going about our, our daily lives and says, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to go be a missionary somewhere. Or I want you to, to love this person who's just hurt you every time you've ever had anything with them. I wonder if our first instinct is not, ah, uh, yet if you say so, I will do it. But to say, well, I just don't think it works that way. That's not how this works. Well, thankfully for Peter, um, that is not what he does. And... Uh, so they throw the nets over, overboard, and they begin to, to haul them in after a time, and the catch is huge. It is the biggest catch they have ever had, and in fact, their boat is having trouble bringing it all in. Uh, and the passage makes it sound like that if they don't do something quickly, the boat's going to sink. Uh, I've taught on this passage before and preached on it, and this week, the first thing I've I've understood something, I think, for the first time. Jesus is still in the boat. Like, he went out with them, and they didn't come back in and let him off so that they could go back and, and fish. But Jesus is still, he's still in the boat. And he's witnessing all of these fish coming, and he, he realizes the danger and, and the possibility of them sinking. And yet, he doesn't do anything. Like, he, he blesses them in this, in this way for all these fish, and, I, and, and he, just, he just sits there and kind of watches them struggle. I, I'm not exactly sure what to do with that. But what I do know is that regardless of why he doesn't help, Jesus is still in the boat. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Simon signals, though, to his uh, friends and fishing partners, and they bring out another boat. And between the two boats, they just barely make it back to shore. And they have hauled all these no, uh, fish up. And, uh, uh, and, and here's, here's where it gets, gets good. Verse eight, uh, 8, I think, if I can read it right. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. I, I, don't, I like to think, uh, I think what I would do if I was blessed with this kind of uh, abundance, because that was their livelihood, this is how they made their... They're living, they would go ahead and, and sell it and, you know, or trade it or whatever they did. Uh, I would think I would be super excited about, you know, uh, all of these fish that I have. Like, I would at least maybe have started off with, thank you, or um, how in the world did, we, did you do that? These fish must be blind, or they're dumb, or I'm just an awesome fisherman. Thanks, Jesus, for nothing. Uh, 
right? I mean, like, but the attitude would be exciting and, and joyful. And what does Simon Peter says? He says, go away from me, for I am a sinful man. Uh, I, I, I don't know, I struggle with that maybe just a little bit. Uh, Luke tells us, though, that, that the crowd is still on the shore. And they have witnessed this whole thing as well. And they're not dumb. They, they know you don't go fishing during the daytime because likely there's a lot of them that are fishermen as well. And Luke tells us that they were amazed. Oh, we use that word a lot. And Luke actually uses two words uh, that we would translate into amazed. And, and the sense of it is that like the sense of wonder and astonishment is just all around. Like that it is pervasive and in covering them in all sides so that like the only thing they could perceive is the spectacular wonderfulness of what Jesus has just done. Uh, Well, here it is. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch that they had taken. And also, uh, so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Jesus takes this moment. uh, And he says something really weird. Like, in the midst of this joyous occasion where they got lots of of, uh, money, we'll say. In this fantastic, amazing, astonishing episode where Jesus' power is on full display. In the midst of Peter saying, get away from me, for I am a sinful man. Jesus says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Uh, I, think, I think Jesus is still in the boat. Right? Uh, one of the things that we said last week, or actually maybe two weeks ago, is that, like, that God doesn't run away from us, that God doesn't necessarily force us to chase after him, uh, that God's ministry of forgiveness and reconciliation is always about God coming to us, the ones who have wronged him, to set things right. And this, this is where... Peter is at at this particular moment. By the way, it won't be the last time Peter is in this situation. Uh, that Peter recognizes in the face of all this brilliance and goodness, he recognizes God in his presence and that he is willing and accepting to accept Peter and invite him into his ministry regardless of the fact that Peter is a sinful man. Now, um, catching people, you may have an image in your mind. Uh, but, but what Luke is really referring to is, is not about, like, you know, dragging people out of the context in which they are and forcing them to conform to a new environment that's radically different than the one that they lived in. Maybe sometimes that's required. The force of what Luke is saying, though, is that you are going to go and you are going to take people and you are going to guide them to help them to become all it is that God wants them to be. 
This is kind of what it, it might mean a little more uh, drawn out. To bring something under control, compelling it to behave properly. Uh, that seems a little coercive. I don't think that's what it's trying to communicate. I think it's trying to, it's trying to communicate, Luke's trying to communicate us that, that what he is wanting the disciples to do is what he is doing. That, that he is going, Jesus is going to people and, and compelling them drawing them to become all that God has created them to be. Uh, removing the brokenness and the sinfulness that keeps them in bondage to, to whatever it is that is keeping them in bondage to help them to flourish, uh, to grow, to become everything God hopes they would be. I think what I want us to take away from this particular passage, first, Jesus continues to demonstrate uh, in his actions the things that he said he would do at his hometown sermon. Uh, To heal people, to release people from bondage, to bring about freedom and healing. And and Jesus looks at, even in his brokenness, and even as Jesus is working in Simon's life, to heal him and free him from all the things that he's in bondage to. That God doesn't run away from Simon, who's just confessed to being a sinful man, but that God invites him to participate. That Jesus invites him to participate in the ministry that he's already undertaken. For Peter, this is very real. Like he's going to end up leaving all of his fishing stuff to literally catch people with Jesus. I think, I think that we're Simon today. Uh, that, in, that if we were to have a similar experience, that, that maybe we might confess that, that God has no business being around us because we are sinful people. But yet the goodness about this passage is that God doesn't say, all right, peace out, we'll see you later. But that God says to us, do not be afraid. I will make you fishers of people. Do not be afraid. I invite you to participate in what I'm doing. And I will be in the boat with you. I, I, I don't, maybe that's not as, uh, I don't know, maybe it doesn't just strike you as much as it does me. Like, the, God doesn't promise, God isn't sending us out without going with us. That whether we catch anything or not, in the times where we are faithful and successful and everything goes right, in the times when, like, the church is growing and everything's good, uh, when all of our friends are in right relationship and everything is in right relationship with us, when our family is happy and healthy, Jesus is in the boat with us, continuing to call us. In the times when things explode and the bottom falls out and we can see no good and no one's coming to church and I cannot be in right relationship with anybody because everything is so messed up and there's only fighting and arguing, Jesus still calls to us. And says, I want you to participate in what I'm doing. 
I still believe that you can be part of my plan of salvation in this world. And that we might still say, I'm a sinful man, but that we might truly not be afraid of the dark and bad and lonely times. Because Jesus has not gotten out of the boat, but continues to call us into faithful relationship, continues to call us into his ministry in the world. I, uh, I hope that's what we, I hope that's what we do. Uh, by the way, I, I think sometimes when we think about catching people and bringing them to the church, it, it means that like they have to become exactly like us. Um, and I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what Jesus is going for. Uh, but, I, but I'm committed to this fact that Jesus is sending us or going with us into the world where we live in. I, we said this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that we gather together here. Uh, not just to be here together. But to learn and to grow, and then to leave, taking Christ with us into the world. And I think what this story helps us to remember is that we go out into the deep places of our world that Jesus goes with us, reassuring us, calming us, but continuing to call us into faithful participation. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your, uh, your goodness and your grace. Uh, we thank you that, uh, well, thank you that you've done kind of miraculous things like what you did with Peter. We may never experience anything just like that, but uh, we know that you're calling us just the same. Uh, that you're with us in our own little boats, our metaphorical little boats, and that you are calling us to faithful obedience. Lord, as we, as we go from this place in a couple of moments, I ask that you would help us to have a response that likes, that's like Peter's and that we would say, well, yeah, I don't think it works this way, but if you say so, this is what we're going to do. Or thank you for not leaving us, but continuing to go with us into our world. Grant us the strength and the courage to be faithful and obedient. Amen. We're going to receive the Lord's Supper in a couple of moments. Um, but as we, as we do that, as you're in line and uh, coming forward, I want you to reflect on three questions. And prayerfully, anyway. Uh, what might be keeping you from becoming a fisher of people? What might be keeping you from becoming a fisher of people? Second question, in your everyday life, who are you, uh, how are you, or how might you participate in Christ's mission in the world?
how might you participate in being a fisher of people? Third question. What is your deep water? Jesus tells Simon to go out into the deep. What's the best fishing is there, I suppose. But the deep is also kind of treacherous because it's deep. And maybe you can swim, maybe you can't. Where is the place that is near you that is deep? In need of you to go to fish for people. Those three questions. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.